prospecting cures every production problem, every problem. And there is no one that can tell me today that, oh, well, the market's too good. There is, there's none of those people out there. That's not true. There's still a huge group of us that do this activity every day and get massive results from it. Hello and welcome to episode 51 of the Smart Agents Podcast. My name is Michael Walter and I'll be your host. In today's episode, we are joined by Tina Call of Cary, North Carolina. After 20 years in real estate, 10 of those being in North Carolina, Tina has built the Call Group into a powerhouse that is now on pace to close more than 500 deals this year. During our conversation, she shares how overcoming fear and being open to continued education will put you on the path to success. Now, before we get into the day's featured interview, make sure to subscribe to the Smart Agents Podcast. You can find the show on all major podcasting platforms such as Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, and the list goes on. Also, as you can see if you're watching this on YouTube, make sure to subscribe to the Smart Agents YouTube channel. Click the bell to get notifications when each new episode is uploaded. And lastly, if you or somebody else on your team has an awesome story or tip to share with our community, send us a message at feedback at smartagents.com. We're always on the lookout for new stories to share. All right, let's get on to the day's featured interview with Tina Call. I really enjoyed our conversation and I hope you do as well. You know, honestly, the way I like to get everything started is if you couldn't just tell me a little bit about yourself, how you got into real estate and where you're at. Yeah. So um, so I've been selling real estate since I was 23 and I'm 43. So do the math. It's been a long time. Grew up in the business and um, and I basically um, started my business in Michigan. I, um, we, Kevin and I, my husband and I hired a realtor. We met when we were 16. So by the time we were uh, 21, we had purchased our first property. And the agent that I worked with convinced me to become a real estate agent. So I was in college. I wanted to be a therapist. And um, I met Jill and she was awesome. And um, and the rest is history. So for the first seven years, eight years of my career, I practiced in Michigan right outside of Detroit. And um, then the downturn came in 2006. So I know 2008 is the year, but we felt it in 06. And I went from selling $150,000 properties to $60,000 short sales. So it wasn't fun anymore. And uh, since I love interior design and if they made a lot of money, um, I would have gone that route. I decided I was going to step out of the business and just go into interior design. Um, And in that few weeks that I was making the decision to leave real estate, um, a few key things happened. I was cleaning out some old files and I saw a flyer and it said, earn a million dollars selling real estate, take our coaching. And it said $2,000 a month. And I was like, well, can't afford that because my income went from 150 to 40,000 because of the downturn. So when you're making $40,000 a year, you're like, this isn't fun anymore. But of course I couldn't afford it. And then a few days later, I was at my office, you know, cleaning things up and I got another email and it said, you know, come to this mastermind retreat. And it was, I think, $400. So I grabbed a bunch of my friends and my broker. We went to this retreat and there was a ton of agents that were not struggling. They were, in fact, they were excelling in a down market. They had more opportunity. I'm like, what is going on? And I happened to run into the top agent in our market there. And so basically I put two and two together that she was taking that coaching And so I did uh, end up taking that coaching and that's where my entire career shifted. um, And I got the um, guts to actually leave Michigan and come to North Carolina. So I've been here 10 years building my business. So I feel like it's a 10 year build out versus all that time in Michigan. Um, And today my team looks like 
Uh, I am out of production finally um, after 20 years. And I've got 20, last year we had 11 agents. We sold 370 homes. This year we have 22 agents and we're tracking for 500 deals this year. So that's awesome. And, you know, so kind of going through, you know, that downturn and then, you know, having that epiphany, like the training and to be, you know, these top people, they're always, they're, they're immersing themselves in things. You don't get to the top and just kind of coast it out. You're always, you're always learning. You're always bringing in new ideas. Is that really kind of what helps spark that, you know, get you back into it? Yeah. You know, growing up, I wasn't the A plus student, you know, I couldn't retain everything in my brain. And and I used to look at other kids like, gosh, they're so smart. And, um, and knowing that that was a struggle for me as a new real estate agent, I just, I just, you know, really dove into content. I was always at that time, whatever was online or in the paper or books I could read because I wanted to continue to feed my brain. And I found as I learned things, I gained confidence. And then I was like, oh, look, I know more that I can bring to the public. And so, um, I yes, I've always been a, um, a seeker of knowledge. And I always look at where are the people that, you know, where, where are the successful people? I want to be like them. So let me go find out what they're doing and just copy it. You know, it's not rocket science. Um, and so that's, that's been in me um, to this day, even though I run a really great team and we'll do, you know, hopefully 200 million in volume this year, I am still a student. And in the last 24 months, um, I've been to 17 different conferences, yeah. just always learning, always be learning. Right. And I see that you're actually, you know, you're a big participant in these types of conferences. You do a lot of speaking and, you know, that guy. Well, so what has that been like to, you know, kind of be on the other side of things now? Um, awful. So a big, um, <laughs> a big fear of mine as a child and growing up was public speaking. Um, and when I was at Remax for nine years, they would ask me to be on panels. Um, I would always ask um, from our my, our coach and our coaching company to sit up on panels. I always said no. The answer was absolutely no, because I would sit up there, even on a panel, full of fear and dread, and my legs would shake, and I just couldn't process my thoughts. And finally, um, in 2019, I woke up one day and I said, you know what? This is ridiculous. You know, I'm I'm 40 years old. I'm still afraid of my own voice. Like, I know I'm smart now. I've had enough experience. I'm going to get over public speaking. And so I made a pact and a, and a promise to myself that 2019, if anyone asked me to speak, I would have to say yes, no matter what. And of course, Michael, the first opportunity was from a friend of mine who knew I made that promise to myself. She said, guess what? I'm curating a TED Talk in Cary, North Carolina, and I want you to help. I said, great, I'll help you. She said, no, talk. I want you to speak. And I said, absolutely not. And so she had to convince me, but she knew my promise. And so that was the first time ever that I spoke on stage in front of a live audience with a 15 minute script that I could not hold cue cards in. Um, And I feel like I would rather go through childbirth again than do that. But leaving that stage, I felt like, okay, I did it and I didn't die. I just need to keep doing it again. And so that 2019, I think I spoke maybe five or six different times Um, And then I started to realize that you just, it's sort of like riding a bike. The more you do it, the more, the less fearful you get, you're always going to still have little nerves, but, but I'm not up there dying and dreading it. And so, um, so I'm growing as a human and facing my fears. Um, So yeah, I've been doing more of it 
forcing myself and it's getting better. And, you know, with doing that, how, how has that helped you kind of build your team and, and get your, you know, I imagine it's really helped you get your name out there as this, you know, this leader within your, you know, with your business. Yeah. Funny enough, when COVID struck, you know, and we were all sitting on our hands going, oh my God, the world is ending. I won't leave my house. Um, our, our group, we're with EXP Realty now, our mastermind group said, okay, we need to help our people. We're the leaders. And so we all started doing virtual conferences. So what was amazing was that I didn't have to be on stage. I could just be in my office like this, doing, talking, talking, getting more comfortable. And all of a sudden, more and more people are, wow, you inspire me. And I loved hearing you talk. And can you send me your scripts or can... And I started to see the connection that people had with what I had to say, which in my mind, I'm like, it's not that special people, but, um, but they found it to be great. And so, yes, it's gotten my word, uh, the word out and it's became, it's helped me become the authority, um, you know, and, and then people look to you as a leader because you are confident enough to put yourself out there and speak to others and train and coach. And so, um, so yeah, it's truly changed the dynamic. And then also with social media as a vehicle, um, it has opened the doors to our team. We constantly get agents that are like, I want to be on call group. And do you have any openings? And I could have 65 agents on my team tomorrow, but it's, you know, we're trying to just slowly grow organically um, and not have it be too large and not be able to handle it. Yeah. So going back to when you you know, kind of uprooted and moved to North Carolina. How did you break into the business or to the industry there? You know, a whole new market, whole new place. Yeah. So um, we landed in Cary, Raleigh, North Carolina, really, and, and lived in a suburb uh, called Cary. And we didn't know a soul. And um, so you can do a few things. You can buy the business. You know, if you have tons and tons of money, you can go hire Barbara Corkman to stand next to you if you'd like, right? Um, you could put your face on every billboard, uh, every magazine. It is very expensive. So I didn't have that kind of money. So the only other option that I had was to, to use the skills that I learned through the coaching, take scripts and dialogue, do the thing that is most feared in the industry, which is pick up the phone, call strangers and convince them you're the best agent to help them. And so I knew that if I did that, which most agents are uncomfortable doing, that I would get the reward. And it was true. In 2010, our first year there in North Carolina or here, um, the first six months I sold one home. So I was really regretting the move. And we were like, gosh, we're running out of money and we better get things going. But then the second six month period, see, we had we didn't give up uh, when it wasn't working perfectly. The second six month period, we sold like 35 homes. So things started to really work and, and all the lead follow-up that we were doing was finally paying off. And, and so we did, we built our business for the first four years, smile, dial, make a pile. Um, so my feeling is, that's how I coach the agents today. I'm like, hey, if you want new business fast, go to the people that are literally raising their hand. Hey, I tried to sell my home, but we failed. Or I want to sell my home, but I don't believe realtors should get paid what they're, you know, what they think they're worth. So I'm going to do it myself. So I have to go convince that person that I'm worthy, um, you know, or becoming the mayor of my neighborhood and and really drilling deep on calling those people and being the forefront. So, so that's how we built it to about 130 transactions for me personally per year. Um, and then the then things started to break my my brain. <laughs> um, I had no time left, and so we were almost forced to organically grow a team. 
Yeah. And then, you know, talking about the, those, the calling, you know, those expires and the physical, is that something, you know, I, I, so many people I talk to, they are, they're so afraid to do that. They all want to kind of stay in their little who I know bubble and who have I done business with bubble. Right. But you're not growing at that point. You, you just kind of stay in. You're hoping that it revolves. You have enough business that revolves around, you know, to where you're sustainable year in and year out. But right. th- there's no forward momentum there. Correct. I mean, it's sort of like, you know, you saying, I'm going to open a restaurant. Awesome. Well, I'm only going to I'm only going to invite the people that I know to come eat here. Okay, you're going to go out of business, you know, like it's just not happening. So you have to, you have to reach out to people you don't know. That pool is bigger. I think it's just, again, it's a confidence thing. It's people go, I don't want to be that icky realtor salesy person. Well, this is a sales business. I mean, at at the end of the day, it is a sales business. So you got to figure out again, can you buy the leads? Can you wait and have people come to you that are your sphere, which is you know, not a duplicatable business. I don't know when Aunt Sally is going to want to sell or, you know, Kim at my son's school is going to sell. I do want to be thought of when the time comes that they want to sell, but but I also want to be able to build a machine and a business. So when I get to the office, if I do the duplicatable activities that are going to get me to the result that I want every single day, five days a week for two hours, if you tell me I have to do that to become a millionaire, I'm just going to do it. And so I saw a bunch of millionaires and that's all they did. And I did it and it was the same result. So again, it wasn't that I'm special. It's just that I wanted it bad enough. And I, I didn't allow my fear to take over. And I always think about, imagine if I stopped, imagine if I hadn't pushed through the fear, just like the Ted talk. Imagine if I just said, no, I wouldn't have that feeling of accomplishment. So I think whoever's listening if they do have that fear and they're struggling their business, prospecting cures every production problem, every problem. And there is no one that can tell me today that, oh, well, the market's too good. There is, there's none of those people out there. That's not true. There's still a huge group of us that do this activity every day and get massive results from it. Oh, absolutely. I think of all the people that, you know, they tried to sell their home three or four years ago and just really kind of haven't thought about it. And they have yeah. no idea what their home is worth now. Like, right. Those are great opportunities. Amazing. And, and the goal is, you know, when you start talking about wealth building with people, you know, if you call uh, your neighborhood and you're just like, hey, it's Tina Collin, your local real estate expert. You know, I know you're probably not thinking of selling, but have you ever thought about investing and diversifying your wealth? Have you ever thought about pulling money uh, equity out of your property and buying two or three more for retirement? Well, no, we never really thought about it. Or yeah, we did, but we didn't know how. Well, great. I'd love to have a consultation with you. When's a good time to stop over to your house and leave a pack? I mean, come on, guys. It's not that hard, right? It's wealth building. We're advisors. Don't just think of it as I got to go sell a home when they're ready. Try to initiate some of these opportunities. Um, So I don't think there's a town or a place that you couldn't ship me off to to build a business if you gave me a phone and a list of names. Right. And when it comes to bringing in those new agents to your business, what kind of, you know, how are you getting them past that fear to be able to pick up the phone or go knock on that door of a person they've never met before and have the confidence to turn them around? Yeah. I mean, you know, it depends on the personality style. We're not a, um, we don't hammer down on our people and go, you have to do it this way or nothing. You know, we meet people where they're at. So I understand that my burning desire to, you know, I grew up 
pretty poor to, to, I want to be a millionaire. I'm not going to do it by becoming a doctor and attorney. Um, definitely not a scientist and I'm not creating any kind of, you know, uh, vehicles that are, you know, uh, whatever, you know what I mean? Um, not Nicholas Tesla. So I think that when you start to see that these are your options, you, my personality style said, I have to break through the fear to get the reward. You have people that have, you know, their husband or wife has a good job. They just don't have that need. And maybe they want to make a hundred grand a year. And so they're like, I'm not going to get on the phone and be uncomfortable every day in my job because you'll start to hate your job every day. And, and we want to like our job. Um, so for my team, what I do try to make them do though, is feel uncomfortable at times, you know, get up in front of the room and talk. Um, give back as leaders, build their confidence, meet them where they're at, and then have them do some of the things that make them uncomfortable so they can get to the level that they want. So not the level I want. Because at first, Michael, my mistake I made as a leader was I thought everyone would like it to do it my way. Everyone wanted to earn a million dollars. Everybody wanted to cold call for four years straight. No, it didn't happen. So, Right. And then you know, you mentioned earlier that you are now out of production. So you've really kind of built this team up around you. How, you know, what's that been like to kind of build this, this great team around you to where you're able to, you know, do this training and do this stuff, you know, to continue to grow and how has it been finding the right people for that? You know, I, um, luckily for us, the right people are, they come through referrals. You know, if I find somebody who's a great community culture fit and they're just a rock star person, just a good human, um, I like to be around good, positive, abundant minded people. Uh, that is so hard to find. So when I find those humans, I usually, they usually are around other people like them um, or they connect with other peers like them, like, hey, you need to meet so and so. And so I have reached out to some people, like, hey, there's ever an opportunity for you, you know, to work on our team. Great. Um, how I stepped out of production, you know, we, the thing I struggled with the most was most teams, you know, depending on what company you're with, will most uh, coaches will say, you know, you're the team leader, you should do all the listings, and then you should have a bunch of buyer agents, and then those buyer agents will help service the buyer side clients. The problem with that is I was always stuck in a high paid role but I had to exchange my time for money. And that was it. Sell a house, get paid, sell a house, get paid. There was never, it was this hamster wheel. Um, and when I realized that I could take some of the money that I earned buy back my time through leverage, I could have more time to sit back and envision more diversified streams of income, which would eventually make me more, but I could use that money that I, that I earned, um, to, to, again, buy that luxury of time to figure out the leverage points. And so, so when I thought about that, I started to grow the team. Then we moved our, our company over to another company that allows us to be incentivized leaders. Um, and so this, our, our company now, you know, I get paid in relation to how much I give back. And that's really important to me. And so that company in 26 months has retired me. It's replaced my income which is amazing. Um, so now I have, you know, 28, 28 different states. I have partners all around the country, one in France. Um, and so because of that, now I can pour into my people and I can pour into our other group, a network group called the Freedom Builders, um, which has been fun. So yeah. I really like this, you know, you talked about the diversifying and mm -hmm. I think that's one of those things that, 
you know, sometimes when you are in that, the, the hamster wheel of things, right. you're just kind of going around and around and around. You're not, you're missing those opportunities to, you know, kind of build up your wealth in another area. Right. So, for, you know, how did you, I mean, how did you find that, I guess, find that time or find that, have that ability to, you know, take that little detour and put some time into building up those other pillars? You know, it just, it made sense because at, at one point when you wake up and you go, you know what, I'm not having fun anymore. I'm just, I'm not inspired. Am I making money? Yes. A lot of money, but the money's not everything. I need, I need my cup to be filled in certain ways and it's relationships and people. And when I was a single solopreneur, I loved my clients and I used to be invited to all their baptisms and birthdays. And like, you have no time because your family feels like you disowned them because you're servicing the clients because you need to make money, but you're also having fun until it became very transactional. And I lost that day-to-day like excitement. Then I grew the team. But then as you start to grow the team, you have your listings still that you're servicing. I was still selling hundred homes. Plus the team now is selling another 200, 250 homes. I have their problems and their customers that I have to solve if they, you know, have an issue, then my problem. So when I saw the opportunity to step back from the business, it was a huge risk. And I did it slowly. I went from a hundred deals to 40 deals to, you know, now this year, maybe 10 deals um, for friends or family. And so when I did that though, the entire time I was doing that, I was buying residential real estate property. So I own 10 rentals. Um, I met an amazing um, mentor at my firm now that is, you know, part, he's one of my partners um, that taught me all about diversification and syndication deals. So instead of me just buying one property, I could take, you know, I could take a million dollars and turn it into $3 million in the next few years. So, so that's been fun just through the connections. Um, and then with the, the opportunity in my firm, you know, if I inspire and lead I can become an influencer of the firm and the company, and then I can bring people on and help them with their business. So again, as an incentivized leader, I have now that other stream. So we have our stock from the company. We have our private stock. We have our residential real estate properties, uh, Airbnbs, now the syndication deal and the money we get from our passive income through the, the brokerage. So it's like now in my mind, all I can think about all day is how do I make more money in my sleep? You know, like it's so cool. Right. And taking that kind of mindset and translating it to, you know, those newer agents that like right now the market is very hot. Yeah. Things change though, right? Yeah. You've been through them. And so they need to be thinking of how they can diversify their business. Like not everything's, you know. They like this. Right. So just kind of before we wrap up, could you, you know, just some advice on for those newer agents that really need to step out and not just be the buyer's agent or not just be the listing agent, but kind of really look into those other niches and those other, you know, do they need to start getting their short sale training and that kind of stuff? You know, I think so. I never got my shorts. I mean, I did short sales. I never did the REO thing. I don't think that, you know, you have to go that extreme knowledge is power. So sure, go ahead and do it. But but I do believe that, you know, if things turn, you know, you should have a skill level that can get you through um, when winter is, you know, comes. So I think that right now in the last four or five years, you really, I mean, I hate to say it, you didn't have to be that good to sell a house, you know? Right. 
Um, and so you have to really check yourself and go, am I that good or is the market on fire? It's, it's sort of like when an agent lists a home and they sell it and they're like, we had 52 offers, 1 million over asking. And you're like, okay, that's everyone's experience. So what is that telling the consumer? You know, that the market's so hot, they don't need us. And, and I don't think that's true. So I would say to an agent, you know, figure out a, you know, how to make sure your skills get you through any sort of market, um, spend time every single week building your um, building your business and your education. And don't let just that, that daily cycle throw you into a funk. And then you wake up one day going, oh my God, things changed. And now, now I have to pivot. You know, look at the bigger picture because the market is, is changing. Real estate, the way it's done is changing. Um, I think you're going to see more teams, um, way more mini teams and in, in within brokerages. Um, you know, you're seeing Zillow's and open doors and all of that come in and infiltrate markets. But at the end of the day, um, I still think that human connection um, with a skilled advisor is so huge. And, and if the consumer sees that you're a professional and you grow your business, um, you're always going to have a customer base. Awesome. Well, I really appreciate you taking the time to uh, talk with me today. Yeah. Thank you so much for having me. It's an honor. I really want to thank Tina for joining us today. And if you'd like to see more from her, I've included links to her social media and YouTube pages in the episode description. So once again, if you think you or somebody else on your team has an awesome story or a tip to share with our community, send us a message at feedback at smartagents.com. Well, that wraps things up for this episode. But remember, follow the show wherever you listen to podcasts and make sure to subscribe to the Smart Agents YouTube channel. Again, I'm Michael Walter, and we'll see you on the next episode.